fight and we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to fuss no 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 we don't have to fight hello welcome back to just chill with oliver george episode 17 uh the light is on Thank you for subscribing if you already have. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? We could really use the love. Um, if you're hearing this on Spotify or some sort of audio-only platform, then come check us out on YouTube. See what we look like. Uh, and contact info. If you have a cool guest idea or you just want to say something about the show, it's just chillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now, my guest today is someone from the Ottawa comedy scene that I personally find very, very hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Not to... <laughs> inflate your ego it's or anything inflated. but thank you christina muehlberger hi who uh i do have to say the spelling of your last name is a is, nightmare yeah i switched my last name when i was 18 and it took me a long time to learn how to spell it what do you mean well oh. like i had my mom's last name and then when i turned 18 i took my dad's last name it's a long Interesting story move. but it was like a, a, i had to learn how to spell it that's so not what i was expecting and it's you to not say. like the last name one would choose you know muehlberger well and i thought it was going to be uh like mule burger you know yeah which got me thinking i wonder if anyone's ever eaten a mule burger before, probably but. i've heard a lot of jokes yeah about oh, mule I burgers, can imagine. so i assume there's one out in the world one could eat can i ask you why you changed the name is i got closer it? with my dad so it was like a sign of like respect that we were building our relationship blah 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 and then your mom's like fuck you yeah what the fuck <laughs> i have a better last name oh uh, why what was the the previous last devoe name? christina devoe is Ooh. a nice i know yeah, i could have been classy. an entirely different 20 year old christina devoe mm-hmm. sounds like a like a, third, like, like a flapper steamy, girl or right something. Yeah, yeah, yeah and instead i'm just an awkward shithead because my last name's <laughs> mule burger like, yeah but oh. you're like you're graciously awkward you're Thank like you hilariously so awkward much. that's part of your i dare say part of your stage presence you know yeah i can't hide it so it is on stage i am i love awkward. that you lean in into it i think it's it's, it's awesome. all i have yeah it's not like ideal a lot of the time but in comedy it works out yeah well i feel like you're are you like that in in person always yeah i'm yeah. an, I'm an I haven't awkward spent a ton person of time with yeah you, uh, but you can probably tell right away that i'm an awkward person it's it's I who like, I, am. I like awkward people yeah yeah you like it's because you're not one you know not <sighs> awkward people like awkward people because they're like oh this is endearing but when you're awkward you're like oh this is tough like life, I could guess it be depends easier. on your definition of awkward, though. Like because maybe out outwardly I don't appear awkward, but in my brain I feel You're like awkward oh, this constantly. is really awkward. Yeah, oh, maybe yeah. I self overanalyze everything and yeah. self criticize constantly. So yeah, me too. Um, so with uh comedy though, you've been doing really well. I know you you made it to the finals at Absolute just this past summer. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. it was super fun. Um unexpected to make it to the finals but it was a really great experience it taught me that i have no desire to be a stand-up comedian like doing that many shows in a row i think you do nine shows in seven days was my personal hell like by like show four i was like i hate this like why am i here how serious are you being right now though like quite serious i do not want to be a stand-up comedian oh yeah it is a hobby for me i have no desire to be a full-time you're the first person that i've had on here that had that kind of energy and i feel like that's kind of what i do with comedy too it's like yeah i want it to still be fun you know i just want i only want to do it when i want to do it and i don't want to do new material all the time and if you want to be a stand-up comedian you have to like hone the craft i don't really care about the craft i just want to have fun yeah that's the way it should be but i mean i guess if you want to make it big time and, and get the big bucks you really have to what are the big bucks in canadian stand-up <laughs> you have to be one of like five people yeah which i do think that in ottawa there's some people that i honestly think could be one of those five people um 
I'm not one of them, nor do I have any desire to be one of them. That's refreshing to hear, though. Um, You did like co-run the show at Bureaucracy, which is now defunct, right? Yes, it doesn't exist anymore. That that sweaty little basement. I know, it's such a sweet little room. (laughs) Your parents came that one time. Yeah, I was going to say. And they were our only audience members. Memories. It's a good time. Your dad told me that he learned too much about me. Which I feel like most people leave shows being like, I know so much about her and I'm worried. It's about an intimate her. environment, you know? It is an intimate, and I open up, you know? Um, Why not? Like the flower. Thank you. <laughs> Weird add on. <laughs> um, yeah, and Tavis was the one who ran that with you too, right? Yeah, so it was Greg Houston who moved to Toronto, and now uh, then it was Tavis and I who co produced it. I mean, he did most of the work, I gave up on it. Uh, and then they sold. So we lost the space and that night got picked up by another indie show real quick. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, whatever. That's the way she goes. That's the way she goes. Not having a weekly show commitment. I'm not going to lie. is pretty nice. But it must have been nice to get like really meet, meet all the people in the community kind of. And, yeah, and- I definitely felt more connected to the community and people liked me more because I would give them spots. Whereas now I have no power aside from being an admin on our Facebook group. Is that weird though? Does it feel like disingenuous when pe- when you think people just want to be your friend because you have spots? I feel like that is half the Ottawa comedy community is what can this person do for me right? in so comedy? Weird. Yeah, it's a strange little world. Yeah. Um, you'd think comedy would be like, happy and, and this supportive place which it can be i'm not trying to say there isn't there's any of that, i've had so many great times with comedians in this scene but i've also had a lot of times where i'm like this is depressing yeah like staying for beers after shows sometimes is dark yeah you like, hear the, the real perspectives yeah it gets dark fast and the people just catty yeah and people being like oh did you see someone so sad i'm like i don't know yeah that's honestly when i first tried this shit like five six years ago and i was really like a hardcore dabbler just doing it once or twice a year every time i would get kind of turned off by it felt like there was all these little clicks and yeah and if you went to the green room people would be like shit talking someone about something yeah 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 that's the part i can't really stand but hey it's nice to see someone else on the same page you know you know you just ignore and also you surround yourself with the really awesome people in the community for sure yeah, I saw that uh, I, I was doing my research and I saw a couple of magazines that had you uh, write ups with you. There was Glue Magazine and Apartment 613. Yeah. And uh, one, I actually started, this is a little off topic from that, but I started watching one of your YouTube videos and I was laughing so hard oh, at one of your jokes. Oh, thank you. About, um, like, you're talking about a boyfriend self publishing their novel that or, is a or real printing story. it at Staples. <laughs> that's a real story. He, so it was this guy I went to Bible camp with, actually, not high school. So that's behind the curtain. That joke's slightly a lie. Uh, and he, yeah, years later, I was in love with him when I was like 14 and he was 18. And then years later, he sent me this like self published book of poetry in the mail in an individually wrapped tea bag. And it was the strangest thing to receive in the mail. I hadn't seen him in years. And so my mom thought that he wanted to teabag me or BT. I don't know. I don't know who does what. I forgot. That's where the joke yeah. continued on. Yeah. But I, so I posted that video for like some serious XM competition and uh, thought nothing of it. And I saw him for the first time in 10 years, a couple months ago. And we went for coffee just to catch up. And one of the first things he said was, I didn't want to teabag you. And yes, I printed it at Staples or oh something like that. And I felt so bad. So I was like, That's oh, hilarious. God, I insulted your book of poetry. But I wonder if he actually tried to get it published anywhere. Probably not. Probably not. It was probably just like a thing to print. Ugh, I'm a monster. I, I just I guess I, 
I find it personally really funny because I do a lot of printing at Staples. So I mean, <laughs> I can everyone relate. has printed something at Staples. I'm not judging it. It's uh, a beautiful. It's very depressing <laughs> poetry, but it's beautiful. Um, the the reason I was mentioning the magazine things though is that's where I realized that you had uh well first of all there was a quote i really love from you that said that improv was recess for adults which was just oh thank such you. A i great said way that of- yeah <laughs> <laughs> man i'm so smart uh yeah i think i stand by it so uh how did you get into improv let's let's start there yeah uh i started doing improv in 2015 i think i've been doing it for five years now and I was working a really hectic job where I worked ridiculous hours. And to leave the office, you had to have a reason to leave the office or else people would be like, why are you leaving at 7 p.m.? And so I signed up for an improv class so that once a week at like 6.30, I'd be like, oh, I have class. I have to go. And then I was hooked. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, I should have found improv years and years ago. It's uh, something that's pretty undescribable if you've never done it, you know? I, I should say, I, oh, I was telling you, I did improv in high school. It's been ages now. But even with my cousins, we used to do it when we would like hang out. When uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway was really oh, huge, yeah. Copy some of those games from the show. And uh, I don't know. It really is just like it makes you feel like you're a kid and you just get to have playtime. And it sounds... Yeah. And you can't think. So like if life is really stressful or you're having a really bad day, it's like an hour or an hour and a half or whatever it is that you just have to turn it all off because you're not you. Well, and it causes you also to just... Uh, not worry as much because you have to inherently kind of be free about what you're doing and just kind of go with the flow. And, and that's yeah. very hard for a lot of people to let go of that control. Oh you know? my God. It's my dream to let go of that control. Cause I'm <laughs> such a control freak in other parts of my life. That I'm like, give me improv. I need it. Yeah. I remember my first class. I like came home high and I was like, I got to play Santa and Sarah McLaughlin's ghost and a toddler. <laughs> and my partner at the time was like, Oh God, she's found herself. <laughs> this Coming is it. Your own, yeah. yeah. So then I got like obsessed Sarah with Sarah McLaughlin's improv. ghost. Yeah. It was a good, <laughs> for someone's first improv scene, I'm not going to lie. Really? I really what did brought she die from heat. in that scene? Is what I, I was forget, wondering. but it was like that song. She sings angel, but she was singing it to herself because she had died. It's deep. Yeah, it was a meta scene for an intro improv class. Uh, One thing I found really weird about improv that I don't think a lot of people are aware of uh, is in, at least in the real competitions, if you're doing it in school and stuff, there's one game they play that's called like Life or something like that. The very serious one. It's like you do like a drama scene and it's so fucking weird because everyone's laughing their ass off doing silly shit and then all of a sudden it's like, Janie has cancer. And you're like, as a performer, like, Jesus, that's a challenge to just shift gears. I would watch high schoolers do the Life game for hours if I could because it is it's so like Degrassi bad. and it's also these like 16 year olds trying to pull from their life experience so they're like serious life moment is like I don't know how to tell my parents I failed that science class yeah, or like exactly. what college are you going to are we going to stay best friends but they put so much of their hearts into it it's 100% Degrassi it's That's so what I'm beautiful I don't know if you're familiar with Degrassi I've but seen my fair share of episodes it's yet. literally what, what you just described it's yeah. like teenagers with heavy problems sometimes they were heavy but yeah just like, but like almost a overacted. lot of it is yeah i degrassi was my sex ed curriculum in grade eight we watched a scene where someone went to a party and had sex and then got pregnant and that was how they taught us fun. i thought you were gonna say the aids guy because there was a dude um this character named Dwayne, who was like the bully and he picked on joey jeremiah who was the main guy okay and, and then he kind of 
I guess got what was coming to him. That's a little fucking oh, harsh. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> well, he was a piece of shit. But yeah, he's a kid. He's in high school. He looked like he was 32, though. Whoever they the all was. probably were, yeah. Yeah, they were definitely older, I think, a lot of them. But um, yeah, so he gets AIDS from sleeping with some girl at camp or something like that. Oh, and then, God. Degrassi And he breaks God. down in the um, bathroom with Joey, the main character, who's like hiding in the stall from a beatdown or some shit like that. And eventually, the bully guy like starts wailing on him like he would do normally. And he, I can't remember where he punches a wall or something and his blood comes out though. And he, and that's when he has like a breakdown and he's like, don't come near me. Like at that point he shifts gears and goes from being a bully to like stay away to from stay me. Away from, so, oh my God. Yeah. A lot of those scenes dark, really stick with you, man. I don't think any high school improv troupe is covering those <laughs> things Maybe not in their life heavy. game. Uh, my, my improv experience though was, uh, sorry to make this about me. Please do. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I had a weird experience in, in high school because I was grade nine and I started smoking weed like right in like peer pressure, like second week of September, like cigarettes. Like we're weed, in high school now. <laughs> pothead by like October. Um, but because of that, I started hanging out with kids that were in like grade 11. So uh, I didn't really hang out with a lot of kids in my grade because they weren't quite there with like weeds, weed and um, drinking and stuff like that yet. I was like, come on, guys, catch up. But so long story short, I started dating this older girl who yeah. was in grade 11, which I felt very cool about at the that's time. That's pretty cool. 16 I year old. Too. I was like, whoa, I'm 14. That's pretty cool. Um, but she was on the improv team. And so was her <laughs> that boyfriend. That makes it substantially less cool. <laughs> like, I dated an older woman. She was an improviser. <laughs> but... um, no, her and her boyfriend were on the team. I, sh- I should start before me and her were together. So then through improv like meetups, me and her started like sparking it. They broke up. We got together, continued to have to have these meetups where we're like all practicing all as a team. Yeah. Um, good Lord. And then they ended up cheating on me and his new girlfriend With behind each our other? backs. And then we still had to go into a show after that. It was like, oh, my God. Man, what an incestuous improv trope. Right? Drama. Oh, Drama. my God. Drama. Drama. Life. I grew up so religious that there was just no dating like there was no way to go it was like who are you at bible study with was the closest i was gonna ask you if you could see bible camp. oh bible camp <laughs> i'm glad it's circled with a exploding wow don't forget that's to where bring she's up really camp. gonna open up <laughs> well no because i have my own um interesting sort of religious experiences coming up and and i wanted to hear like what what was that like for you because if you're going to bible camp you're pretty oh entrenched. i was in it yeah yeah i grew up um well i grew up baptist until I was 10 and then we switched to a Pentecostal church which is like very intense okay. speaking in tongues I thought Baptist and like was intense. Southern Baptist is intense Canadian Baptist pretty chill it's like you go to church you take <laughs> communion you leave you read your Bible Pentecostal is like it's your whole life so I would go to church on Sundays for three hours and then Bible study Wednesdays and then youth group Fridays. Wow. So three times a week you're connecting to the church. Wow. And yeah, it's like you speak in tongues, you fall down, you like convulse, oh, all that? convulse on the ground. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did my fair share of convulsing. So what? So you just fake it? or like- I think I, it's so hard to know because I'm not religious anymore, but all of my family still is. So I'm like, I don't think they're faking it necessarily. But they believe it's happening to them. So it's some sort of psychosomatic yeah. experience. I think so. I don't or know. Or maybe not. I'm not trying. I, don't, I have no idea. You know, knows, I try right? not to overthink it. But there was occasional times because the pastor would come over and pray on you. And if you weren't falling down, I can remember a few times they would kind of like, give you a push (laughs) to be like get on the ground yeah and you feel bad if you don't probably yeah and so then sometimes you could fall on the ground and you'd be like how long do i have to stay here for for this to seem legitimate because some people if they're out they're out for an hour 
they're like wow. just laying there and the sermon will sort of continue around their That's bodies crazy. at the front. But if you're not, you kind of like sit there or lay there for a couple of minutes and then like peek up to be like, can I go? And it's very awkward. Yeah, that's insanely rude if you have to pee or something. Yeah, like, doesn't know. You stay put. As if. So um, I'm assuming you're not like as devout now or? No, I think I stopped being Christian. I don't know. But like 21, I stopped going to church pretty regularly. Okay, But you still consider yourself like spiritual in some capacity? I don't or know. Figuring I'm, it out? Yeah, I figure it out. Sometimes I still pray and I'm like, well, I must believe in something if randomly I'm praying right now. No, no, that's fair. I mean, yeah. you could argue that that's like instituted into you. I think but... so. It's like if you're really stressed, you're like, oh, well, I have this like. Yeah. Like someone who's trained their brain to be like, oh, when I'm feeling low, I go to the gym or whatever. You yeah. Know? Ugh, I wish mine was going to the gym. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> I'm just like, hey, God, you there? What's up? <laughs> um, well, no, I fall into the same category where I had a pretty religious upbringing. Well, I shouldn't say that. My parents weren't religious, but I went to Catholic school. So I did. Okay. I went to mass yeah. and like sang the songs and, and I was the black sheep because I wasn't baptized and I was like the only person in school other than like my brothers. Yeah. So when we went, I was the guy who didn't get to eat the little bread and <laughs> like, okay. I didn't get confirmations. I'm, I'm not confirmed. Like, what is this? You know, I yeah. always just felt kind of like ostracized, I guess, by it. But um, I don't know. Maybe that's what led me to feeling like uh, unique or whatever, you know, and, and pursuing comedy and that kind of shit. You yeah. Know? Um, but, but what I was trying to get to is that I do feel kind of still, I can't completely write off no, God that's be like part atheist. of you. Like, yeah. Well, no. Also, just even even rethinking it with my grown up brain, I feel like enough has happened, or there's just even the world and what it is. It's I can't just go. No, it's all happenstance. It's all science. Like the science, I believe. I believe like evolution and shit like that. But like, yeah. Why can't evolution be like God's thing? Then He made evolution. That's the one I never understood. Why they always have why to fight. Why they have to fight? Yeah, I never got that. Here's I this amazing to... thing. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, no. Here's this amazing thing. Evolution. Why? You'd think an amazing person like God maybe could have come up with some, you know. It just seems more realistic than him creating the earth in seven days. I'm like, just take it, Christianity. Be like, yeah, you're right. God did that. Yeah, instead they try to say that uh, people like plant dinosaur bones and... Uh, yeah, it's such a weird... I don't know. Weird yeah. thing. No, I don't... Because I went to church for so long and it was like a miracle-based church. So they were really focused on like healing the sick and like... I don't know, miracles of all sorts, someone who's poor receiving money out of nowhere, these sorts of things. And I saw enough that could be written off, I think. But there was a few that I was like, no, nah, shit, God's real. That's what I was going to say. The healing is where I kind of get interested, too, because I've seen certain things where it's like, holy shit, this guy can actually walk again or whatever the case may be, where you're like, yeah, OK, we'll prove that. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It could be, I guess, like some sort of mind over matter thing. But when it's like some guy who's paralyzed or something, it seems a little crazy. Yeah. But there, there was one day at church that it was like the pastor started preach. It was one of the wildest experiences of my life. But the pastor started preaching in tongues, which is legitimately just gibberish. Like it sounds like a made up language like a kid would make up almost. And then someone rose from the congregation and walked up to the front and grabbed a microphone and started to translate <laughs> what he was saying in tongues. And I was like, this is fucked. Uh, okay. But also um, like the greatest improv challenge of my life. I wish I was that person. Yeah. He just has like make up a sermon on the spot. Yeah. Who is that guy? Who I has don't the know. That's bold just, though. Yeah. I mean. It was like, this is my moment. I've well, never looked cooler. That's what I would want to know is I would love to have someone who's like trained in languages there 
to validate whether or not this this tongues is actually some sort of ancient Sanskrit or whatever. Like, you know, I like, don't know. Yeah, everyone sounds slightly different. I faked tongues a couple times because it makes you look bad in the church if you don't speak tongues because they're like, why aren't you there yet spiritually? Huh. And I have a joke. That's not a joke. It's just a story <laughs> about a Bible camp trying to impress this really hot guy. And he was like so close to God, like he was speaking in tongues, he was falling down, he was doing whatever. And so I started to fake speaking in tongues next to him to get his attention. We ended up getting engaged. So spoiler, it worked. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, mine like sounded fake. Whereas like other people's has a sort of syllabic breakdown, like a language. Like it it's sounds like it could be yeah. legit. Yeah. Whereas mine sounded like I was like a, in a doo-wop group. I think the most interesting part of that story is that's like how you're trying to court someone. Oh, yeah. It was a, it made Pretending total you're possessed sense. by God. Yeah. That's hot when you're a 16-year-old Pentecostal. Again, so... we did get engaged. So hmm. greatest pickup line of my life is in tongues. Well, getting engaged, uh, I think I spoke about this with Michaela, too, because she was in the Mormon church. Oh, and yeah. She, she got married young for religious reasons, I would say. And uh, it, 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 there's that pressure, right, to... I mean, because they, they tell you not to have sex and not to give in to your urges. So the, the want to get married real is real fast. Yeah. yeah. That's got to be intense. Um, so then you got divorced, I'm guessing. No, or... we didn't get married. I broke it off. Oh, you were so, just engaged. Yes. Okay, thank okay. God. Literally. <laughs> He's now happily married to like some godly woman. He'll be fine. Well, there you go. Yeah, yes. Um, well, I was going to ask, actually, I didn't think this was your actual partner partner, but the guy you do the podcast with. Not scene my partner. partners is the podcast. Yes, we should say my improv partner. Okay. Yeah. So this is not your. He is happily married to other. the most beautiful woman on the planet. So how'd uh, you meet this guy then? How did you guys end up? Uh... Improv. So we did an improv class together, and then we formed a troupe. So there's four of us in an improv troupe together called A Little Awkward, and uh, he and I actually became really close and have very similar styles of comedy and improv. He's tried stand up a couple of times, but he didn't love it. Um, and so he and I went to New York together twice to train in improv, oh, wow. uh, at the upright citizens brigade. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's like the world's biggest improv theater formed by Amy Poehler. And, and then there's others. like the groundlings too, right? Yeah. One. Groundlings and UCB are kind of like the comedy schools of the States. Hmm. And so we did two sort of intensive courses there over a it's couple expensive? weeks. Yes. Especially <laughs> it's like the course itself is expensive and then you have to live in New York for a week or two weeks. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a commitment. Yeah. It was, yeah. But it was worth it. You. I loved it. I love New York. So just being in New York and like you would do improv class for four hours a day and then just live. Like wow. I would write jokes. I would read. I would go explore the city. It was Did incredible. Did you perform anywhere there as well? Or? No. no. So I've been, I've performed improv twice in New York, but never stand up. Hmm. I just I like I don't know where you do. I don't even know where you begin in a city of that size. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if it's the same as every other little si smaller city that I've seen where there's all these pockets of like shows and different rooms and bars. It seems yeah. like there's no shortage in Ottawa of places if you're looking to perform. If you're, you know? Yeah, I've performed once in in L.A. Uh, I was visiting family and my aunt got me onto a show and it was just literally like eight comedians and my family in West Hollywood. But uh, I counted. Hey, you can still say, yeah. <laughs> I performed in Los Angeles, whatever. No big deal. It's not deal. the comedy store. I killed. My family thought I was very funny. <laughs> so <laughs> they thank you. They didn't disown you. you. Yeah. Uh, they're all very religious and Trump supporters. So I was surprised they didn't disown me because my comedy would not be good for them. Uh, but yeah, so we started doing improv together, loved it. And then, uh, we're always trying to figure out ways to, which is why I started doing stand up to like hone the craft of comedy. 
uh, there's not a ton of stage time for improv in Ottawa. Mm. And so we started a podcast being like, at least I'll challenge us to keep sharp. Coming and then I started stuff. to do uh, stand up as well. Oh, so stand up's like fairly new for you then? Yeah, I started about two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I've heard your name a lot during that two years. Honest <laughs> yeah. to God, like, yeah, you're always somewhere performing. Yeah, I'm slowing down now. I have... Um, For someone who's a hobbyist. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing. You get sucked into it that you're like, oh, I need... To, especially if you're starting to get good and people yeah. are starting to give you that credit. You're like, oh, I need to be doing this all the time. Or the owners of the clubs will be like, I need to see you more. I need to see you out doing things. And then... I've never heard that <laughs> personally, but... Uh, you will. It gets less scary is the thing I like. Like, the, yeah. the more frequent you do it, it's a little less anxiety depending on, like, how close they are together, the performances. Yeah. Um, I kind of like leaving it for a few months and then getting that tingle too. I love but that thrill, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I get that thrill every show, I think. Yeah, oh, to some degree, yeah. It like never goes away for me. And I'm usually trying new stuff, or at least trying to. And so there's always that, will this work here? Yeah, I made a like a motto to myself that every time I would perform, I would put at least one new joke in. Yeah. Even if it's like a one-liner Just or like, something. yeah, changing something, Just whatever. Something. I don't yeah. know the lingo, but like... I hear people in the green room being like, oh, I got a good tag for you. I'm like, is that the end of the joke? Is yeah, that the punchline? Yeah, punch and ups like, and stuff. Oh, yeah, all okay. the terminology. I don't care. The comedy <laughs> connoisseurs or whatever. Yeah, I take it all with a grain of salt. There's a few comedians that if they give me feedback, I take it. Yeah. And I run with it. And then there's some that I just completely... <laughs> Just for me, it's the out. approach of like when someone tries to give you unsolicited advice, it's yeah. how, how they go about it because some people are very friendly and, and it doesn't seem like they're telling you how to do the joke, but more just like... This could be helpful. Yeah, and yeah. other people, they're like trying to do it from a place of like... I, I want to show you. I'm more established. Yeah, I have this fucking experience, which may be true, but you got to still understand how that feels or do you not remember how that felt? Well, when you, when you, you were doing that's it, the part yeah. I it rose me the wrong way and then I don't take their advice even if it's probably very useful because I'm like, I don't need you. Yeah. You got to like do your own thing. You know, got to stay true to whatever you're... you're yeah. Kind of and cause. everyone has sort of... I can hear people who go to a lot of shows trying to sound like each other mm. and I'm like, that's also, I think, because people... It's such a small community that people just start to pick up each other sort of ways to all watch to each other's sets just to be supportive. Yeah, and you'll hear comedians yeah. in the back going, oh, that's now a so-and-so delivery or oh, now they're mm. using this person's cadence because they're just like sponges for each other and I yeah. really want to avoid that. I don't want to sound like anyone else. That's, that's really smart, actually. Yeah. And I I think part of what they're doing there too um is it feels cool to be like that's a so-and-so delivery like talking about us like as if we're as if we're the famous one yeah someone doing an arena or something but yeah hey maybe one day you never know where people are gonna go right yeah you never know i had a moment like a show a couple months ago at a goat farm so you know you've really made it <laughs> uh tavis was hosting and i did a joke and i realized i was delivering it as tavis does Oh, I yeah? got off stage and I just felt kind of icky. And I went <laughs> Get up out of and me, I was Tavis. like, Ugh, I just did a Tavis joke. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Good thing like, it was uh, at the goat farm. Yeah. It's a write-off. <laughs> yeah. It's I did gone. a curling rink. You know, we've all hit our peaks. Yeah. <laughs> this is it for us. Goat well, farms and curling rinks. Uh, when we're talking about delivery and stuff, one thing that I wish I could do more is, uh, is one-liners. But I feel like if you're a one-liner comedian, like, say, Mitch Hedberg or somebody like that, yeah. is that not, like, infinitely way 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 more hard because y you can't tie anything together there's a lot of comics who tell like a big story and that seems much more organically um available to like pull out of your ass than than you know almost like, like listing boom, from boom, a boom, list boom. yeah yeah one of my favorite auto comedians is laura mclean 
And she, she is a, a one-liner yeah. comedian for the most part. She'll do like the occasional longer bit, but the amount that she has to produce. And she doesn't bring fill. like notes or anything usually? She occasionally does if she's trying new things. She'll bring her notebook up. But for the most part, no. And yeah. I'm like, that's, I cannot do a set that doesn't stream together. Like all of my sets have to flow logically for me to be able to remember it, mm-hmm. which is why I do longer bits because most of my sets are three bits, if not less. I couldn't imagine going out being like, okay, I'm going to tell 35 jokes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, like, thank it's you. Like, a, like it's like you've got a comedy gun and that's like your magazine clip. Yeah, just, and you're just, you no. got to keep, yeah, I don't know. I it's it's very impressive, bullet. but yeah. I think I would have just way too much anxiety. I would need a list or like an iPad or something that I could reference. And yeah. then I think that you lose a lot of credibility there. I think so. Well, some people can, you can pull off the performance of like a notebook. I mean, some auto comedians do it well. Yeah. But well, if you make it part of the shtick, that can yeah, work. Yeah, but then it's a shtick, and I don't know. What's his name? Uh, Jimmy Carr used to do that when he started out. You can name any. I will not know any. Comedian he's a really it. British, and he's super pale, dark black hair. I watch. You know Jimmy Carr, right? Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's very funny, but when I used to see him at the Roast Battles was the first place I saw him on whatever channel that was. Um and yeah, he had a little clipboard and that was his thing because he would wear a suit and be this British guy with a clipboard. With the little, but I think eventually people probably told him like, hey, man, you, you got you this. Gotta, you can yeah, you can evolve it. from this part of your, your career. Yeah. You know, so. But yeah, one liners. I don't know. It's just a whole different ball game, And, and you really realize everybody has such different approach to their comedy and the way they handle it. You know, some yeah. people are really loosey goosey where they have a couple topics, I think, and that's it. And then they mix crowd work and whatever the fuck in. And that's always really impressive to watch. Yeah. The few times I've tried to be loose on, I think I'm looser than a lot of comedians on stage. Cause it's usually stories that I can kind of like figure out how I want to get there. The few times I've been loose on stage though, the owner of Yaki Alex comes up to me after and goes, your improv is showing and not in a good way. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so mean. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a burn. I know. I was I, like, oh God, okay. Well, he's trying to, you know, set you on the right path. Yeah, I, guess. I don't know what that, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good skill to have. To, I was going to say the opposite, though. I've seen you, like, for instance, when my parents were there in a room of five people. Five or people. Five you people very, go quite loose. <laughs> yeah, you seem pretty comfortable as a I'm host. I'm not nervous on stage. Yeah, I'm okay hosting. And I'm getting better at crowd work now. It just takes a lot of practice. Like, Tavis is the Ottawa god of I was going to say, Tavis is so he's good at hosting. He's so fast. Yeah. Oh. yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm getting... I've hosted a couple of Yuck Yucks weekends, and it's like... I find hosting club crowds easier than hosting like a small independent room. Mm. Cause I think club crowds, a want to be talked to cause they're a little tipsy and they're like, I'm here talk to me. So they naturally start to banter yeah. with you, which can be a bad thing. If which they can be a bad start thing. You to have think to shut that they're it part down. Of the show, yeah. Oh yeah. I've had to yell at some people. Uh, How do you handle that? Are you one of the like fuck yous or do you like try and be all playful about it? Uh, I think seen... I'm smack in the middle of those two. Oh, yeah? Like I'll be a little bit playful with it. And then at the, I'll start calling them like, I'll be like, okay, you're a dick and like mm. whatever. But I usually do it in a way that the rest of the audience will laugh. So I'm not losing. So the you don't audience seem like, yeah, you're like out. venomous or something. No, but it's hard being a woman on stage and having like big dudes. I recently did a show at Yuck Yucks on a Saturday and it was my first time doing, I'm doing a new set about having an abortion. <laughs> and it's been really great. Like crowds like it for the most part. But I had this one audience who like, no, wait, this was the late show. So the audience was really on it. But there's these two guys who ended up getting kicked out shortly after. They were so drunk. And they're these like huge dudes. And I start this set by asking if I can talk about abortion and like, is this a pro-choice crowd? And these guys were so clearly not pro-choice. And like they heckled me a little bit. 
And then they just like the faces they made and the energy in the front row they were putting towards me. I was legitimately scared to leave. Oh my God. I was like, these men hate me. And That's... now also are like, you killed a baby. And I'm like, oh, God. At least you got the rest of the crowd to back you up. Hopefully. The crowd really liked me. So that helped a lot. But they got kicked out. And I remember leaving. And the bouncer at Yak was like, I would wait a couple minutes because those guys are still outside. They're hammered and they don't like you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, right. This is bad. That's crazy. What kind of like whatever the issue, what kind of two guys start yelling at a chick like that? <laughs> I was like, and they didn't. They were just like not having it. And I was like, oh, right. Men suck. But <laughs> not all men. Hey, man, some <laughs> some dudes are fucking terrible, but some women are terrible, too. Like people, there's just. Bad people and good people. I don't, I don't like to generalize, but yeah. there's a lot of douchebag guys for sure. Yeah, and a lot of drunken idiots, I think. Yeah, are, that's the thing with doing crowd work is I think it can flip as a woman host really quickly for a man to be like not and then just like kind of get aggressive. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, I think, that still have really antiquated views about women in comedy where they, oh, think, yeah. they think that they have um, some sort of authority to talk down to them or something like like you're you're lucky that you're up there kind of thing. Yeah. Like you're it's being really blessed. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no, but it's really uh, not cool at all. I, yeah. But as far as the people being dicks in the audience, I always find the most awkward thing ever is when you have somebody who's clearly like the whole audience hates them and they still don't get it. Yeah. And it's just, everyone's like, they're never going to get up. it. Yeah. Like, oh, you're embarrassing everybody. It feel, I can feel it. it yeah. I don't know. It's like one of those Ben Stiller movies where like everything that can go wrong will, and you're just like cringing the whole time. The wildest experience I saw is it was at a Yak Yak satellite show and I was hosting it in the suburbs, like in Barhaven or something. And uh, Derek Sagan was the main guy who's very funny. I liked him very a lot. very edgy though, right? He's like edgy. He just puts on the strongest French accent I've ever heard. Like he is from Quebec, but the accent he puts on the stage is strong. Oh, it's somewhat like uh, exaggerated? I, th I think so. Oh. Yeah. And uh, But he was excellent. But this guy in the like third row of this bar in suburbia was this huge guy with his girlfriend and he, w he didn't laugh at any of us, but like the rest of us, the rest of the audience was so good. It didn't matter. Like none of us pointed it out. We yeah. never crowd worked him. Cool, cool, cool. Derek's again goes up and it was like one of the first things he said. He was like, dude, you haven't laughed all night. Like, what did you come here for? Like, did you think it was a trivia night? Like, I'm sorry. And then occasionally he would like stop his jokes and ask this guy a trivia question and be like, oh, sorry, I want to <laughs> keep you engaged. Like, and it was funny, but the guy did not crack. And after a little while, Derek made like, I would say, a bad move in my opinion and like made a domestic violence joke it was Ooh. like oh are you gonna go home and hurt your girlfriend and i was like eh, i wouldn't go there because one if that is like this is just gonna ignite that yeah. further and two this guy's already clearly not having a good time like don't rock the boat rock the boat yeah. and this guy who's huge gets up walks to the edge of the stage stares at derek's again and then walks to the bathroom, slams the door, comes back, walks onto the stage and gets nose to nose with Derek and goes, don't fucking talk to me anymore. And then just sits down. It was, what I was is like, with people going to comedy shows that are like, I don't know. Not wanting to laugh. I, it's, what the fuck? And he got on stage and like the servers did nothing. Cause it was like this little bar in the suburbs. They're like not trained to know what to do. And so this guy just like, stayed there it's terrifying yeah and like Derek it took him like a while to get the audience back because everyone was kind of like oh my god what just happened Jesus it was yeah that was probably the wildest crowd 
work situation I've ever seen. Yeah, that's pretty hot. And but heavy. the fact that he got he got the crowd back probably like five minutes later. And I was like, the fact that you could get them back at all. is The incredible. fact that you could get back on track, too, because you might be like kind of like I would be. And he was so, <laughs> clearly so mad that the servers didn't kick that guy out. Yeah, which they obviously they, they totally should have. Yeah, because what's going to happen next? If if he's ballsy enough to be like, hey, I don't like someone telling me not to talk to them. I'm definitely going to talk to oh him again. God. And then that guy comes and cracks him in the face. Maybe that he dies happened. on stage. You know, like they should have thrown him out. Oh, man. Um, so when I was writing down like your just to sort of intro you, I wrote comedian, obviously performer. And then I wrote smart as fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, because your credentials uh, academically were pretty impressive. Like, oh, man, you did a Google search. Oh, yeah. I, I go deep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Master of Arts in Political Economy. Yeah. And a BA of Honors in oh, Political yes. Science. Yeah. And a quarter of a PhD, but that won't come up on Google because I Still, dropped out. So you got the P at least. Yeah. I got yeah. did not hit the HD. <laughs> yeah. HD. <laughs> Too bad. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not super fluent in politics. I try to keep abreast of what's going on, at least on the world stage or whatever. But yeah. you must be a, a political person, very into that, if you studied all this. I'm into I like assume. some, yeah, some politics. I'm really into American politics. I was right going to say you're a big Bernie supporter. I am right? a huge Bernie supporter. Yeah. So I where does like, that come from? Like, were you a, an American at some point? <laughs> no, my mom's American though, and my brother and sister. Okay. Have dual okay. So there is a connection. Yeah. Yeah, I think though it's probably not related to my mom, but um. I just think American politics impacts Canada so much. I'm also into Canadian politics when there's an election or yeah, whatever. I always campaign for a candidate or whatever I need to do. Uh, but and I you're think feeling the burn. I fuck, I love him. I drove. We drove 39 hours and five days to go to Iowa to see him oh, wow. and some of the other candidates. Like I am a huge Bernie supporter. Um, yeah, and he might win the nomination. He seems pretty awesome compared to uh, who's up there now. And, and even if Hillary had gotten in, like, she seems just as evil in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, not um, quite as evil, but definitely not. Yeah. I, I'm not a Hillary supporter. I can when say that, that much. When they were having that election night, I remember being like, well, this is not going to be good either way. I, if anything, I would have said her getting in would have been better because it would have been like, oh, we had a black president. Now we had a female president. Like, it's growth. You know, it's yeah. diversity. I would have said that. And would... I think, like, Trump hates large groups of people. And I think that Hillary Clinton foreign policy wise is more of a Republican to me than a Democrat but she doesn't like she's not racist or like homophobic or no but she'll blow the shit up or whatever she, yeah. yeah I don't like her yeah she was not the right candidate but but Bernie could be we'll but see. Trump felt like a few steps backwards you know oh my god I mean I'm sure like I'm gonna 50, lose some viewers fifth I hope so I don't know how many Trump viewers you would have I don't know I mean like I've, I've been trying to just get people to check out the show so sometimes if I'm in like an unrelated Facebook group talking about like board games or something I'll be like hey, hey you guys check out my uh, so who it's knows? hard getting podcast listens because there's so many podcasts well I'm, I'm mainly focusing on the YouTube side of things because yeah I'm like at least we have a video component that's not that yeah. common from what I've seen yeah of, that's a great idea you know and uh we just, I don't know, I spent so long making this fucking basement all nerdy. It looks out. awesome. It was a big, big project. We've talked about it on here before. I'm not going to go in detail, but it was, yeah. uh, you know, about this time last year, it was an unfinished basement. So Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's been a, a fun time meeting people like you and, and learning. Yeah, that's the best part of having a podcast is you get to meet cool people and have conversations you probably wouldn't have otherwise or whatever well and comedians are an easy uh poll for like you know it's going to be an entertaining episode and comedians just want to talk so if you invite a comedian to your basement on a weekday they're gonna be like yeah i'll be there exactly yeah. i have nothing else company to do. Yeah. do i get to talk about myself i'm in 
I want to uh, start expanding. I mean, I've tried to get uh, other types of guests, but like, I want to go balls to the wall, get like an animal expert. I want to get a magician, although I don't know how that would translate to audio only. <laughs> yeah. Just doing like tricks and stuff. I have to describe them. You're like, okay, now you flipped this card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll probably have to be a. But YouTube they can talk exclusive. about like how they got into magic. Yeah, yeah. I could. That's that's actually you can easily edit out the uh, the actual tricks or something like yeah. that. You know. But that's that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think outside the box for just what can I learn and what can I share with whatever limited audience I have. You know. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Okay. I'm going back to improv. Yes. Uh, I was excited and hoping that we could do an improv scene. I thought it'd be fun. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm going to go super basic here because I'm rusty with this shit. Um, but whose line is it anyway style? They had that alphabet game where you have to start your sentence. Oh, man, I'm so bad at the alphabet. Okay, hold oh, on. Really? I just have to. Well, you get I a get, pass for X and I Z. I like how you just said smart as fuck, but I just get. <laughs> I always, Are you pulling up the alphabet? Yes, because I had to do this. I was in a competition last year and we had to do the alphabet game and I messed it up like 85 times. Oh. Maybe, well, like, maybe I'll I'll look at it too. Then. Okay. 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 So I, I've set the scene. Uh, yes. So I am. Oh, you've already okay. Yeah. This is not that improv-y so far. You're like okay. So yeah, I've true. written a script. You just say these. <laughs> no, 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 no script. Twelve lines. Just the setting the stage. Okay. So you are working at a at a theater. Okay. A movie theater. And I'm coming to see the new Marvel movie. I took a inspiration from my room. So I'm going to see Black Widow, the one that's coming out. But yes. there's some sort of an error with my ticket. So I'm like disgruntled because I can't get in and you're, you're blocking. And we have entry. to each sentence starts with the next yeah. letter of the alphabet. Okay. okay. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? Um, and do I know there's an issue? We'll figure it out. Okay. Yeah, you start. Awesome. Black Widow. Oh, I'm finally going to get to see it tonight. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Just like I got a oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, can you repeat that? Sorry. D don't get super angry with me. It's just there's a a, a minor issue with your ticket. <laughs> Everything better be okay, or I am about to lose my shit up Ooh, in this theater. For fudge sakes, the one day the manager's not here, and it's the opening night of Black Widow, and I am just freaking out, Franny. I'm freaking out. Good Lord, are you telling me I'm not allowed in right now? Help me by staying calm. Can you just help I me by staying? I can't stay calm. Just calm down. We're going to figure this out. It's just your ticket's not working right now. Kick down the door. I'm going to kick down the door if you don't let me in. Look, I understand you Marvel fans think that you have some superpowers, but you don't. And I have a name tag and you don't. And I'm saying your ticket's invalid. Marvel is my religion. No pointing at me, sir. Okay, you know what? I'm angry. Franny, you're authoritative. Your ticket is invalid, sir. Okay, okay. Maybe maybe I've overreacted here. Pause. Breathe. Franny, you you got you went from too too angry to too calm. Quiet moment of reflection is probably what we both need here. Rest. Maybe we just need a little bit of rest to think of a solution here. It's just that your ticket was for yesterday's show. That's all, what I should have started with. Saturday? Saturday show? <clears throat> That's exactly what I'm saying. Your ticket was for Saturday and it is Sunday, so it's invalid. You just need to buy another ticket. Um, I guess I'll just have one ticket then, please. Very good. It's just that we're actually sold out of tickets for this show. Well, for Christ's sake. X is like... <laughs> xylophone. <laughs> yeah, just fucking pass it. Just skip X. 
You seem angry, but it's just that you should have thought ahead and bought a ticket for the day that you showed up. This isn't on me. Zealous. I'm zealous. <laughs> I think that was Scene. pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I feel it like had you a know, story arc. We've never really worked together in this I know. capacity. We could just we should have done a life moment. Yeah, do a drama scene now, and then everyone will stop watching. <laughs> yeah, probably, as most people do. Um, okay, yeah, that was actually really fun. Damn, we got to do that again sometime. Um, okay, well, I'm going to ask you the question we ask everyone on this show. Yeah. Which is, if you you can look over here for inspiration if you okay. want. Okay. But if you could be endowed right now with any superhuman ability. Oh, my gosh. Not a character, but like a power. A power? And not flying, because we vetoed that a long time ago. Okay. And why? Uh, oh man, I don't think about superheroes a lot. Well, you don't have to think about superheroes, I know, but okay, like but super someone's power. just going to give you a... I mean, I would probably just choose like teleportation. That's cool. Is that what people choose all the time though? No, not at all. The most frequent one we've gotten was invisibility. It's like oh. five times now. Really? Why? Yeah, different reasons, different people. No. Some people pick uh, telekinesis. I think we've had a few times to move things with their mind, which is kind of cheating because you can make yourself fly. So I feel like you have Alexa now where it's like, turn the TV on. Turn the <laughs> like, I think you're fine without it. No, so I would because I could just like, I'm thinking I'm tired and I really want to like watch a lot of Netflix tonight. And if I could teleport home, it would be like, I'm thinking instant gratification in this Yeah, moment, I was thinking you were going to say like Nepean. travel. I don't come to Nippian often. So it's like a 20 minute drive home. And I'm like, I could teleport home. Or Hawaii, but. Or, yeah, but in this <laughs> moment, I really, really want to go home and watch Netflix right scale, away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm a small, small scale thinker. Shit, man. Well, um, do you have anything you want to plug coming up or? I don't think so. Uh, the Ottawa Improv Festivals at the end of February. I'm not sure where this is coming out. Uh, this will come up near the end of February, so it might be. Past. I think it's the 23rd or 4th. This okay, 20 27th. Okay. I'm performing at the Ottawa Improv Festival. Check it out oh. online. Um, oh, oh, there actually is a show on. Um, Tav has probably plugged it. I think I saw this online, actually. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is, but apparently he's a big deal. I've heard his name before, yeah. Dave he's, something. He's from Toronto or something? Yeah, yeah, some April 3rd at Live on Elgin. There's a show with some famous comedian from Toronto. He has a Netflix special. Tavis, who was a previous guest, is hosting. I'll be on it. Cool. Check it out. Right on. Yeah, I should know that guy's name. Dave something. Starts with an M, I think, is last yeah. name. Yeah. So. Dave M. Dave M, <laughs> check him out on Netflix. Apparently, he's really good. Right on. I should also check him out on Netflix. I didn't Netflix. know he had a Netflix special. Yeah, that's yeah, apparently. The mark of a true comedy you warrior know? these days. Yeah. yeah, wow, wow, wow. All right, well, we usually high-five at the end. High-five. Oh. That was fun, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you.